You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. It's Robin McMahon here, and I am talking to the awesome Andrew Campanella again. We, um, we spoke earlier in, um, in 2019 about school choice, and, uh, and I brought Andrew back because School Choice Week is coming up on January the 26th. So to tell you a little bit about Andrew, he is the president of National School Choice Week, which is the largest public awareness effort in the U.S., focusing on opportunity in K-12 to education. He's also the author of the book, The School Choice Roadmap. And this book, incidentally, is not even out yet. It's out on January the 21st. It's already won awards. He's got an award for this book from the National Parenting Product. Sorry, it's got a National Parenting Product Award and a mom's choice award wow andrew welcome thank you thank you robin and happy new year (laughs) thanks same to you wow that's so great that you've been recognized already and this book isn't even out yet it's It's exciting and i hope that as many families as possible get to use the book in their own school search process that is my goal with this yes i see that as a no-brainer as like every parent needs this book right they just do yeah i really do see that and you know the the landscape of school and education has really changed over the years hasn't it it really has parents today for the most part have more choices for their children's education than they've ever had so in addition to traditional public schools, you have public charter schools, magnet schools, online public schools, private schools, and homeschooling. And within those six types of schools, there's lots of diversity and variety. So parents are able to choose, in many cases, schools that meet the unique needs and interests and also challenges of their individual kids. That is just so cool. So six different options of schools and within those, those are diversified even further. For schools that we have, why is this happening? And you know, why, why has this become a thing and when did it start? Sure, so we have seen a growth in educational opportunity and more options for parents, all these different types of schools within really the last 30 years. And the reason that these options exist today when they didn't exist 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago is because education is starting to reflect the rest of our lives where we have lots of choices. We choose, for example, the types of cars we drive, the lines of work we wanna go into, what we wanna buy for breakfast at the grocery store, and education should be no different because we're all unique people and kids are unique people too. And what might be a good learning environment for one student might not work for another. So being able to choose a school where your child will learn, succeed, be safe, be respected, and be happy is really, really important. And those are some of the important components that parents look for when they choose schools for their kids. Yeah, I mean, those are all really important. It is important your child is happy, right? And I know you talk about that because when your child- Enough, they should. Happiness is important and it's important based on not only a feeling of happiness, but also a feeling of empowerment and 
momentum and students feeling like they're learning things and they're getting somewhere in school as opposed to stagnating and thinking that this is just incredibly boring and they're not getting anything out of it and they have many more years to go in it. So I think that it's one of the most undervalued aspects of education. Obviously, not every day is going to be a happy day at school. You're not going <laughs> to love every single school day, but if you your kid likes more days at school than he or she dislikes, that's a good thing. Absolutely, yeah, and enjoys learning, and it is an, an environment that understands their unique, unique needs and, and, learn, and way of learning. I mean, the reality is, is we don't all learn the same way, right? So this is a great evolution of our school system. Right now, you're in the U.S., of course, I'm Canadian, but we're seeing that as well here, too. We're seeing differences, uh, and, I, and I know this is a global shift, and I think it's nothing but positive, because if we only ever just educate our kids for those that are high performers, everybody, everybody, you know, all those different learners fall through the cracks. So this is, this is really, really great. Right, and that's a really good point, Robin, because everybody does have the capacity to learn. They just absorb information differently and they acquire knowledge in different ways. And so what we should do is not say, well, there's students over here who are not acquiring knowledge in the same way as kids over here. So these kids, well, there's nothing we can do. There is something we can do. And that is say, okay, what might be a challenge or a quirk for that student is actually an opportunity for them to learn the same type of information but learn it differently. And that could mean a different curriculum, a different instructional style, a different learning setting. Some kids learn better from computers, other kids learn better from books. The bottom line is we need to embrace the uniqueness of every single person and make sure that's reflected in the education they're receiving. Wow, yeah. So, so amazing. And, and as a parent, <sighs> that is daunting, I think, because what do you do? Where do you go? How do you even start this conversation? How do you even know what you don't even know? Enter the School Choice Roadmap, the book that you wrote and, and, and is going to be released. So I think what we need to do is talk about why you wrote the book. Sure. Well, thank you. And I wrote this book, and here's the book right here, The School Choice Roadmap, Seven Love Steps to Find the Right School for Your Child, out on January 21st, available for pre-order now. I wrote it because I talk with parents through my work at National School Choice Week all the time. And parents tell me after they've chosen, actively chosen a school or learning environment for their kids, that they're thrilled that they made that choice and they wished they had started the school search process earlier. But for many families, it's not that they don't understand it, it's that the process is sometimes unnecessarily complicated, filled with education jargon, and parents just want a place to start and some ideas of where to go next. And none of that information had really been in one place. And I've worked in school choice now, worked in education for 15 years, I figured, why don't I put it in one place? And so that's what I tried to do with this book. Wow, that is phenomenal. You know, um, one of the things that I'll say is you have in the book, you have lists of questions of things to consider and, and, and that sort of thing. And that is, in my opinion, globally, 
you know, something that we all can ask, right? Like how to work with the school if you want to stay in that school, right? Not just right. Uh, if you're looking to change school. So you give questions to ask. Uh, and what are, could you give us some of those questions that parents can be asking of the school that their kids are in if maybe they feel that there is uh, a gap that needs to be filled for their child? Sure. So one of the things that I encourage parents to ask at the beginning of a school year or uh, when you're sort of doing that expectation setting time with a school is ask when you will know and how you will be informed that your child is at grade level uh, in terms of learning or uh, when you'll be told that your child needs some extra help. What you never want to do is be in a situation where your child is falling behind and you know nothing about it until it seems almost too late and your child's going to flunk out for the year or um, going to not pass this marking period. So you want to ask questions like that early on. You want to establish uh, good communication with teachers, um, with school administrators and leaders, and ask as many questions as you want. Remember, you are the consumer. Education is a public good and you are consuming it for your child. And it is also a community good, meaning that we're supposed to be educating kids not only to help them out and get good jobs, but also benefit our communities and inspire them to think big and things like that. So by asking questions and by being involved, you're actually playing a larger role in this process other than just uh, your own child's education. Right, right. Very, very true. So, uh, so, so those are some really good questions. And, and at the same time, you know, why should parents care? If it's, if it's something most parents haven't uh, experienced, maybe at least uh, parents my age <laughs> haven't experienced this wealth of, uh, of different types of school options other than maybe homeschool. Uh, even that was a foreign concept to me uh, when I was in school. Why should parents care about where their kids are going to school? Why should they put the effort in to really care? I mean, I know we talked about being happy, but there's more to right. it than that, right? It is. There is a lot more to it. And research shows that when parents actively choose a school or learning environment for their child, whether it's your local public school, public charter school, theme-based magnet school, online, private, or homeschooling, when they actively make that choice, regardless of what choice they make, kids do better in school. They're more inspired to learn. They achieve at higher levels. They're more likely to graduate from high school eventually. And they're more likely over the course of their lives to earn more money, to be involved citizens, and less likely to experience problems with the law. They're actually more likely to live longer if they, they graduate from high school based on the statistics. So School choice and the process of choosing, even if you decide after evaluating your options that the local public school that you were assigned is the right option for your child, going through that process makes a big difference. And it also helps you as you refine the way you communicate with your child's school because you've thought about all the different things that you need and want from a learning environment. So you have right on the tip of your tongue all the questions you want to ask based on your own needs and your own family's values. And I think that's very, very helpful for families. Again, even if you don't go to a different school other than the one that's in your neighborhood. Right, right. Okay. And, and, and that's, I mean, really what we're talking about here is kids being happy enough, being nurtured enough in school so that they graduate. Because if they don't graduate, the statistics really show that 
they're not leading as productive of a life, let's say, right? Um, they can get into trouble with the law. They are, um, they will earn less. Um, right. And there's, there's more, there's more than that. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about last time too, which I think think is a really, really important point that parents need to hear is that we may get caught up in the idea that we want our child to go to the best school, right? right? Of course we want the best for our kids. Of course we do. But if they're not happy in the best school and they're failing in the best school, it, it doesn't mean anything, right? right. Why? Go That's ahead. Why this book is called Finding the Right School for Your Child because we talk about best. Well, your definition of best and someone else's definition of best and a website's definition of best might be completely different. And so a lot of the challenges that we face are centered around the fact that parents are told, choose schools based on their ratings, their grades, or their scores alone. Well, that might sound good in theory, but imagine if you choose a school that somebody, some expert out there says is a great school, is one of the best schools, you send your child there and your child is not succeeding. What do you do then? I hear from so many families where this happens and it's incredibly stressful, understandably, because you think, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my child? There's nothing wrong with you or your child. It's just that for whatever reason, your child is not adapting to that environment or your child doesn't learn that way and, and absorbs information differently. So finding the right school means <clears throat> finding a school that meets your child's needs, addresses your child's challenges, sparks that curiosity and inspiration, and allows your child to learn. So I think that the book has a seven-step process. Well, I know that the book has a seven-step process. <laughs> Parents can go through to evaluate their needs to reflect on their own experiences, to reflect on their children and uh, what makes their children unique, puts that in the context of education and then gets them on the process of actually looking at schools, going on school tours, narrowing their choices down and deciding. So let me ask you this. If, if, if I'm one of those parents and I want to have my child go to Harvard and I am told by an expert that my child needs to go to this school, Okay, so this school is recommended, it's got a high rating, that sort of thing. It's gonna be pretty hard to ignore that information, don't you think? Well, of course, it's, you, you know, if you're told something and an expert says to you, this is what you should choose, some of those Ivy League schools do use what are called feeder schools uh, in you know, high school grades. So they take a lot of students from, from some very selective private schools and public schools. Um, so that is true, but we're talking about situations with some of maybe the five or 10 top colleges or universities in the country. Those schools have no guarantees for entrance, even if you do go to one of those elite feeder schools. And I see examples all across the country where students attend schools that are not a part of that sort of uh, group of feeder schools that do get into Ivy League schools. So what I would say is this, if you put your child in a school in grades K through 12, where he or she does not fit in, does not succeed, is not learning, regardless of whether that your child went to that feeder school or not, they are still not going to likely get into that great college because their grades won't be good and 
they're going to encounter a whole set of other challenges in the process. So why not set your child up for success by putting your child in a school where you are more confident that it is the right fit. And then when you get to college admissions time, um, put your best foot forward. Right. And, and I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't love that answer more because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're probably going to hate the idea of Harvard because of all the, the, <laughs> the right. hell they've been through, right. To get to that yeah. point and reject education altogether too. Right. Right. And, and, you know, that's part of uh, step one in this process. And that is also reflecting on your own educational experiences and how you as a parent perceive education, because parents have a lot of experience, obviously with education. We all, all people, most people went to school, um, but you have to remember what you experienced in school might be different than what your child will experience. What you liked in school might be different than what your child likes. The subjects you really enjoyed might be different. So you have to put all of that information, it's not really baggage, but it is perspective into place uh, and in the perspective before you start this process, because you need to know how you're influencing the decisions you're making as opposed to what is right for your child. Sometimes they intersect perfectly. Other times they're completely divergent and you need to reconcile them. Oh. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes to all of that. You, you say it's like baggage. Uh, it is baggage. It's 100% baggage because we have to separate ourselves from our child's experience. We have our own experiences, good, bad, indifferent. And our child is having another experience. And I'll tell you, there is no it's like you relive their school experience as a parent. You know, when you see them making friends or not making friends, we feel that, you know, we so can identify with what they're going through, but we have to put ourselves and our baggage to the side and let our child and see them for who they really are. Let them experience things as as they need to experience them. And I also see this with my clients too, which is why this is, I know this is such an important issue for every parent, you know, parents that are, are doing things because, well, that worked for me. And because I had struggles with this. So now they make them do, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of homework in math because they struggled in math, but that's right. not the way to do it. That does not foster a love of learning. It does the opposite right. in my opinion. And you know, curiosity is so important. And what you wanna do is, is encourage curiosity and encourage students to, and your children to pursue things that interest them. And those might not be things that interest you. And so they say that curiosity rather is sort of the pathway to learning. It's the on-ramp to learning because once you get somebody interested in something, they're gonna to wanna to learn more about it and dive deeper into it. So um, I think, it's important to find those areas, even if they're strange and different and completely uh, foreign to you in terms of what you like and are interested in, let your children explore those, obviously within reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, and, and we just need to be aware of what we're doing. You know, try to be aware of what we're doing so that we don't interfere. <laughs> we don't interfere with what they're going through. And, and when you look at, a, at, at young children, they are born with a love of learning. They're little scientists. You know, they're exploring right. the world around them. They love learning. They love learning. And we do such right. a good job of killing that love of learning, <laughs> you know, by making them do this and this way 
and this is how it has to do. But, but, I, but what I am excited about is that there is this whole new world of learning to fit the way our kids learn. So that is exciting. You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this. Please don't forget to subscribe. And I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating on iTunes. If you're a parent who's struggling and you feel like you might need some support to be the confident leader of your family, where you can calmly respond to any kind of behavior, disrespect, or your kids not listening to you, well, I have a membership group that you might be interested in. All you have to do is go to kamomsclub.com for more information. That's kamomsclub.com for more information. Now, back to the show. So the reality is that if you are facing a choice, facing uh, an issue, I guess, where your child is needing to, to move schools, right? Where, where you've gone through everything and you, you know, the, the checklists that you have and you say, okay, look, this school really isn't working. Look, I, I just want to say that it's done with a heavy heart, I think, in a lot Absolutely. of cases, right? And, and I have, uh, I'm facing that right now. We're looking at maybe changing schools for my oldest because he isn't thriving and he's a very smart boy. And I'll be honest, the, the, the choices that we have um, scare me. I, I haven't asked all the questions yet. I've dodged the conversation. I have... Um, you know, thought to myself uh, without knowing, and, and I know that this is not nice, but I'm thinking, you know, I don't want my, my son to go to a school with all the delinquents, you know, because he's having a hard time l- learning, um, which is a total, that's just my issue. <laughs> but but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that you do this with a heavy heart because because your child isn't thriving. So I want to recognize the emotions that go along with this. Absolutely. And there's nothing that's easy about the process in terms of the importance of the decision. And I think what you brought up is super important. And that is the feeling that many parents have and that the apprehension about choosing a different environment because they don't want their children to get something less than what they know their kids deserve. And so there's a fear that, well, if my child isn't doing well in this school, the only other option that'll be available will be a subpar option. And in many cases, there are good alternative options available. And so the growth in school choice has provided more quality options for families. It's not just you go to the school that you're zoned for or you're put into a school that uh, where you're almost forgotten. And that's not the case as much anymore. But those concerns and those worries don't necessarily go away. That will still exist. So yeah. I encourage you, Robin, and anybody listening to just look at as many options as possible. Visit, ask questions, sit in on classrooms, talk to teachers, and, um, and hopefully you'll find a, a, a fit that's better. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what I found. First of all, you got to get in there. You got to get in the school. You got to start talking to the school counselor, to the, the school staff, the teachers. You've got to get in there. You've got to start talking. You've got to start seeing, you know, what areas 
are, are not going right with, with your child? Why are they, is it disorganization? Is it lack of focus? You know, what's going on? Right. Cause there could be other issues too that are, that are uh, attributing to why your child is, is not thriving in that school. But I'll tell you one right. of the things that I found is that, um, throughout the school journey so far, and my son's in grade nine, uh, is that I have had teachers who have also experienced the same thing that we are. So they are able to give me the benefit of their hindsight, right? Because right. Uh, these teachers have older children. And so I, I did get a really long message from one of the support teachers at my son's school saying, you know, look, if I had to do it all over again, Robin, this is what I would do. And, right. you know, this is ultimately your decision, but I want to give you the, the, um, the gift of my hindsight. And I really appreciated that, right? And so I think we need to talk to, to the teachers as experts in the education field, but also because they're parents most of the time too. That's exactly right. And you know, I think teachers are an underutilized resource in this process because in many cases, teachers themselves will be very honest with you and say, listen, I know I work here, but this is not the right fit. Or, you know, give it a chance or something like that. Now, you still have to trust your own intuition but um, relying on a lot of different sources of information is very, very helpful, I think. Yeah. And talking to other parents about their experiences with specific schools, and I have some questions in the book that you can ask other parents. Um, a lot of times parents will be boosters for the schools their kids attend, which is definitely understandable. And in fact, something we love during National School Choice Week, we want parents to celebrate schools that they love for their kids. We think that's really beneficial for communities. But when you're trying to get a sense of whether a school will be right for your child, you need to ask some other questions, uh, not just do you like it? Because usually you'll get a yes. That is not a good enough reference. You want to get more information and dive deeper. And so in the book, I sort of, well, I provide more, more ideas for getting a good reference from a parent that sort of strips out the emotion from it um, and tries to give you more of a, I guess, deeper answers from, from the people you're trying to get information from. Mm -hmm. How much do you involve your child in this decision? That is a good question. And that is one of the things that I really struggled with in writing the book, because there are no good answers to that. It really depends on your relationship with your child, your child's needs, their uh, willingness to change. Um, some kids don't want to make a change. They uh, are, are uncomfortable with it and you have to, to address it very delicately and carefully. Other kids are thrilled with the idea of exploring new things and they want to go to a different school and they're totally open to it and they can be involved in the process too. I think at the end of the, of the process on step seven when you're evaluating and making a decision, it is important to talk to your child and um, involve your child in the process and maybe even involve your child earlier. So again, that's a bad answer to a really good question, but it's different for every situation. Yeah, I can see that being being a really tough one. It depends on your child's age and, and so many different things. But I think if, yeah, I, I think at some point you need to check in with your child too, right? Make sure they're happy because what if they exactly. have a best, 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 best friend and they don't want right. to leave, right? Oh, that's got to be a tough one because the school isn't working for them, right? And, and so there's right. lots of factors that go in. And, and I want to take a moment 
to really recognize teachers. I just love teachers so much. They do so much for our kids. They work so hard and, you know, school choice and this whole thing is, is, is about also celebrating teachers. And, and, and I just want to thank them, you know, for all that they have done for my child and for all of the kids that they, that they nurture and teach. I just love them so much. So me too. And I can think back to my elementary school teachers, my high school teachers, the one, uh, the ones whose inspiration has lasted the, my lifetime, really. And also, uh, my mom's a teacher. So I think it's so important that as we talk about education, we recognize the hard work, the sacrifice, and the love that these incredible educators uh, provide to kids across the country, your country, every, every yes, country. Yes, my country, yes. yes. And, uh, and during School Choice Week, we are working with tens of thousands of teachers to celebrate schools of all types. And talking to those educators every week of the year is one of the highlights of my work. So I enjoy hearing um, how teachers create interesting schools that you never in a million years would have thought of yourself, or I certainly wouldn't have, and uh, see the, the level of dedication they have. Yeah. And, and I think you just brought up a good point too, uh, in terms of what school choice week really is. We've been talking yes. about it. We've been talking about the book, but like, let's talk about what school choice week is because this is about celebrating schools, but also there's open houses, there's right. know, all this stuff, right? So school choice week is celebrated every year in January. It's a time to shine a spotlight on effective education options for kids it's really a time for parents to start evaluating all the options available to them, whether they want to find a new school for their child, a different school for their child, or their child's first school. And so to help parents throughout that process, we work with tens of thousands of schools of all types across the United States and encourage them to do whatever they want to do to raise awareness that they exist and are making a positive difference in their communities. So one school might plan a big open house, another school might plan a school spirit rally, another school might have parent information nights. And so the result of this is not just that parents are learning about their options, it's that communities are celebrating and recognizing the benefits of having all these different types of schools in their communities. And so it's a lot of fun, it's entirely positive, it's completely celebratory and welcoming of all different types of schools. And we have coming up this National School Choice Week, which starts on January 26th, 51,300 events and activities across the country. So it's a record number, tens of millions of people participating, and we are super excited. <laughs> and you're involved in every single one of those, no, right? No, we're not. <laughs> the great part about it is that these schools are planning events yeah. independently on their own. Now we do send them some cool stuff to help them celebrate. We send them yellow fleece scarves, which are nice and warm in the winter, some signs, pennants, lapel stickers, lots of cool stuff like that. We also have families that participate and get that stuff. We have organizations, homeschool groups, chambers of commerce. We really want to involve as many people as possible. Oh, that's fantastic. So if, if anyone listening wants to access that stuff, uh, is, it, is it too late for them to do that? You can like, sign up for next year and you can still <laughs> get involved in School Choice Week this year online. Share your stories using hashtag School Choice and hashtag School Choice Week. Uh, we have a ton of share graphics on our website that you can use. Everything is free. Go to schoolchoiceweek.com. 
That's so great. Those resources are there. Let's use them, right? That's so yes. great. And lots of also great information on the site if you want to find out more about the options available to you in your state. We have state-by-state -state guides to school choice. We have information about different policies in your area. And we also have um, inspirational stories that you can read. So if you're reading the book, um, you can check out the site for added information. If you want to start at this site, you can do that too. That's great. And uh, it's so great. It is, it is like a one-stop shop to, to really find out where to start. And, and thank you for the, for, for the book too. You know, it's, it's oh, really no great to have all of that. Um, and we're going to be giving some books away as yes. well, which I'm going to talk about in just a minute. I just Yes, yes, that awesome book. Now, I want to just, uh, I want to say one last thing. I think one of the reasons why parents get so freaked out, which I totally get because I am a parent and I know why we get freaked out about education and school and where our kids are going to end up, because we go from this homework assignment right now or this grade and we catapult ourselves into the future and worry about the job that they're going to have. And I think one right. of the things that we need to talk about is that the jobs that we think our kids are going to be getting or the dream that we have for our kids in terms of jobs, because that's, that's what this is all about, is... Right something we need to readjust in our own brains because the jobs that we may think that they should get might not exist anymore. And the jobs that are available might not even be invented yet, right? There might not right. even be a need for them yet. I mean, you and I both have jobs that didn't exist before, yeah. right? Exactly. And think about, you know, how many people you know, and I'm thinking about how many people I know drive for Uber on the side uh, or are involved in you know, DoorDash, delivering food. There's so many ways that, you know, they call them side gigs or whatever that people can make money that when I was in high school, when I was in college, these things didn't exist. And so I ne never could have imagined those types of options. Uh, and there are other careers out there that, like you said, have not yet been developed. These are jobs of the future. And um, those were just two common examples, Uber and DoorDash and things totally. like that. But But really, you don't know what you don't know. And so you need to have a breadth uh, of experience and expertise and knowledge um, so that you can be prepared for that. And that's why I think it's important that all kids uh, have uh, mastery of the basics, you know, reading, writing, math, history, civics, those things, science, um, but also be allowed to explore things that interest them. Because even though the jobs of the future might not exist, your interests are likely going to still be there. And so what I tell kids is when you look forward to um, the time when you're working, either do what you love and succeed at it or find something you can do really, really well, do that and enjoy spending the fruits of your labor, which is the money you make. Yes, exactly. And as parents like, we need to have a little bit of faith and just kind of chill out a little bit that look, it's going to be okay if they can get, you know, if we can nurture them through these, these right. early school years, that is the foundation that they absolutely need. And the rest, you know, we can allow our kids to, to explore new experiences, to make mistakes and not every path to someone's career is the same, right? Uh, I didn't right. find my passion in my career until, you know, until 
I was 40. So, you know, yeah. and, and I had a wonderful career before in, in, a, in the corporate world in marketing and, and that was great, but this is what I love, right? So it takes right. time. So everybody has their own path. <laughs> yeah. And I went through and thinking um, before I got involved in education, a bunch of jobs that while they were good jobs and, 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 you know, I worked hard at them, they didn't spark something in me. And then I, I got involved in this and I absolutely love it. It doesn't feel like work, even though it is. Uh, and there's a lot of work that goes into it, but you know, I don't want to say that I hope everybody could do what I do, but I hope everybody could feel the way about their work, uh, that you and I feel about ours. Yes. Yes. And I think it's more important to ask the question, who do you want to be than what do you want to do? Because we don't even know what there is out there. I, you know, your passion for this work, you is, is obvious you being a leader, uh, and, and the president of, of school choice week. I couldn't think of a better person. So they are so lucky to have Very you. Nice. I appreciate really, that. Really. And, and so your book is available everywhere and uh, will be available everywhere soon as of uh, January 21st. And you do have pre-orders available now, right? Yes, anywhere online, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, Walmart, you name it, IndieBound, you can get copies of it. Uh, delivered to you on January 21st. Right. And it is already an award-winning book. I just want to say that one more time. Two <laughs> already. Two That's and fine. You can say it. I'm very, <laughs> very excited and surprised by that, but uh, grateful. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're going to give five books away. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes. And, uh, and, and when, when we post this, I'll make sure to remind people where to go to get, um, to get those books and we'll get those out to you right away. So um, any last words from you as we're on just the heels of, uh, we're, we're just about to start School Choice Week? The one thing I'll say about School Choice Week is if you like your child's school and you're excited about the school your child attends and the education your kid is getting, please use uh, School Choice Week as an opportunity to inspire other parents by telling your story. The most important thing you can do if you're happy is to pay it forward and be the inspiration that another family needs to start their own school search process or uh, evaluate their options. So that's number one. Number two is um, when it comes to the book, if you're interested in this book, it's available online. You can buy it, you can pre-order it, but there's also a lot of free resources at schoolchoiceweek.com that you can get without buying anything. And that includes guides to school choice in your state, lots of informational videos, um, a whole video we did about how to do a school tour, lots of great stuff. So I hope you'll check it out. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. Good luck to you and all those 51,000 events that are happening <laughs> coming Thank up. Thank you very much. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.